0: thank you and so good to see each and every one of you here this morning uh appreciate the special singing and uh everything that's been done up to this part and, and as they were singing that uh, song lay down your heart and i guess if we'd be honest this morning uh while, while i'm saying this turn to genesis the 35th chapter genesis the 35th chapter uh if we were all honest this morning uh none of us probably feel worthy Uh, of doing what God asks us to do and uh, when God speaks to us we just feel like that we're not capable and we're not worthy of doing that but uh, just surrender to God and he'll take care of the rest of it and that's the hard part for us is just surrendering Lay down that broken heart. Lay down those burdens and let him take care of it. So many times we will come to the altar and we'll lay those things down. And if we're not careful, we'll pick them up and drag them right back with us and just keep uh, dealing with that. Uh, So lay down your heart this morning and just surrender to God. uh, And let him have it all. Uh, In Genesis, the 35th chapter, uh, I guess... uh, i just can't get out of genesis for some reason the lord just keeps leading me back there Uh, i've heard preachers say they can only stay at a church for two years and they've preached everything that's in the bible in the two years and they got to change churches because everybody's done heard every message they got Uh, you could preach for a year easily just in genesis and not get through there's so much there and uh, i like the old testament uh and i like uh i guess it's in story form so i'm just as a child and and i can understand it a little better uh being in story form and then sometimes uh, uh, i think it's so interesting but we want to look at a man that uh, we we say well god you can't use me Well, if God can take Jacob and use him, he can use anybody. If God can take the apostle Paul uh, that was Saul and use him, he can use anybody. If God uh, God can take those uh, uh, fishermen... Uh, and those tax collectors, uh, and make something out of them that sets this world on fire and turns the whole world around uh, with their gospel that they preach. God can use you. It's just us laying down and, and letting God do those things. Now, we want to talk about vows this morning. Uh, how many of you have made a vow to God at one time or another? Would you raise your hand before we start? Okay, everybody I think is in that. We've all made vows to God. And we're looking at a man this morning that made a vow to God, but he forgot about that vow. So I guess if I ask again how many of us that made vows have maybe forgot about that vow at times, I think probably most everybody's hand would go up that we have forgot about some of those vows that we have made. But God's calling Jacob here to... uh uh, to renew that vow hey you made a vow to me 30 years ago and so you need to renew that so genesis the 35th chapter starting in verse 1 uh if i get off key here or something uh, i got new glasses and boy they're pretty precise and if i get them moved the least little bit i get off when i get this earpiece up here where i can hold it and i get one (laughs) one earlobe kind of up a little higher than the other, and then I'm running sideways. So if I get to running sideways, well, I just bear with me here. Genesis, the 35th chapter, starting in verse 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods, that's little g's there, those idols and, that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. Some interpretation says that garment right there means their bad habits. Get, get rid of your bad habits that you have got. And let us arise and go unto Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods, that little g, which were in their hands, and all their earrings that were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz which is the land of Canaan, that is, Bethel, he and all his people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El-Bethel, because their God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now, we all know the story, and we'll go back and just kindly go through some of that this morning, of when Jacob, uh, we look at Jacob, uh, uh, he... He, he was God's man. He was called of God. Just like Samson. Samson was God's man. Samson was called of God uh, to deliver the children of Israel. But Samson was after his own fleshly desires. Uh, his own fleshly desires took presence over what God had asked him to do and he was continually after his own fleshly desires but we have to remember he was God's man and he was called of God Jacob God had spoke to Jacob and 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 God was going to make a great nation out of Jacob but we see Jacob's just like you and I he was human Jacob made mistakes and you go back to how he deceived his father he lied to his father Isaac Uh, about uh, who he was and he deceived his brother uh, out of his birthrights and because of that Esau became very very angry at his brother it was to the point that he was going to kill his brother uh, because of him deceiving him out of his birthrights and so we see here that his mother got a plan together then and she said you got to leave home you know, she was with him through all this. you got to deceive uh, uh, your your father. And she went through him with all of this, thinking that he would get that birthright, but not uh, thinking of the, the price that she would have to pay after they'd done that. So when they'd done that, yes, they deceived Esau. They deceived Isaac. And he got that blessing from Isaac. But Esau became so angry at him that he was going to kill him. So they had to get a plan together. Uh, Jacob was going to leave. She was sending Jacob to her brother's house, Laban's house. And on that journey, the first night, I think that the Scripture tells us, he traveled about 40 miles. Normally 20 miles uh, was about a one day's journey. Jacob was getting out of town because he was leaving in a hurry. His brother was going to kill him if he saw him. So that first night on that journey, leaving home, God appeared unto Jacob and in that dream he saw the angels he saw a ladder going up from the earth to heaven he saw angels descending and ascending uh coming up and and going down and the Lord was at the top and he began to speak unto Jacob and tell Jacob uh, uh what to do and Jacob makes a vow and I'd like to go back to that 28th chapter the 28th chapter turn back there to verses 19 through 21 in Genesis 28, 19 through 21, and he called the name of that place Bethel, now that's what we just read about in 35, but the name of the city was called Luzd at first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. Now, he wasn't asking for fortunes. He wasn't asking for uh, a whole lot. He just wanted raiment and food. He said that in verse 21 so that I come again unto my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. He made that vow here. God, he was scared. His brother uh, was threatening to kill him. Uh, he went 40, uh, 40 miles that first day. Uh, he was wore out. He was tired. Uh, and now he's praying to God, and God appears unto him, and he makes that vow unto him. So he leaves, and he goes on. We know that when he gets there uh, to Laban's house where he was going, Uh, He gets there, and the first thing he finds is Rachel. Uh, He falls in love with Rachel there. Uh, And boy, nothing was going to please him any better. I mean, he had to have Rachel. And so basically, he makes another vow here to Laban. Boy, he loved Rachel, and he wanted her for wife. And he says, I'll work seven years for that woman. Boy, she's the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I'll work seven years. He paid cash. He worked seven years. And then he was fixing to be taught a lesson on deceiving. Now he deceived his father, he deceived his brother. Uncle LeBan was going to teach him some lessons about deceiving. And you know, in Galatians it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So Jacob was fixing to reap what he'd been sowing. And so what happened? Uh, they had that wedding feast, and the next morning he went into he thought was Rachel in the tent that night, the next morning. He says, Behold, I mean, what's going on here? This is the wrong woman. I, I didn't work seven years for this woman. And old aban says, Wait just a minute. He said, It's not a custom in our country to give the younger one first. The older one's got to be given in marriage first. And so then he wants Rachel. He still wants Rachel. He puts her on the credit card. He says, I want her. i got to have her. Levan said, okay, you fulfill the week with Leah, and then you can have Rachel. He got her on the credit card, paid cash for the first one, worked seven years, finished, and got it. And then he gets Rachel, but he's got to work seven more years. And so during that 14 years, God begins to deal and work with Jacob. Everything that Jacob does, God blesses it. You remember Joseph? Everything that God done, or or Joseph done, God blessed him. When he was sold into slavery, God took that and he blessed it. When he was thrown into prison, God took that and he blessed it. He was preparing him. So God was keeping his word to Jacob. Jacob made a vow. He said, now, if I've got something to eat and I've got raiment, so that I can come back to my house in peace someday. God began to multiply him through those two women. He had a lot of heartaches there. Them two women, they was fussing and fighting with each other, uh, and and uh, and the things that went on in the household there. But God blessed him, and in those fourteen years, uh, things was really going good. Then, after the about fourteen years was up, why well, he decided it was time to come back home and and he uh made a deal with laban then and he worked with him he stayed and worked with him for some great while there on after that and ended up being about 30 years from the time that he left but god blessed him in a special way was jacob always god's man was he always doing what god wanted to do he failed god so many ways because it's kind of like something he was only his after his own fleshly desires But God was working in this. So we see how God blessed him. He had great herds. Uh, He had uh, 11 sons when he left. Uh, God has just blessed and the daughters and and all the riches that he had. A lot of deceiving going on there, but God blessed him in that. And so we see now that he has met Esau because he was afraid that Esau was going to kill him. And he knew that Esau was uh, uh, going to meet him in the way. And he just knew that they was going to have a hard time, bad times there. But God blessed in that. And now God says, Jacob, it's time to renew those vows that you made to me 30 years ago back there when you was fleeing Esau, your brother. And he calls it in. This is where Jacob's life begins to change when he starts dealing with God and how he begins to deal with God and God deals with him. And and they such a blessing in renewing those vows when we make those vows and we uh, forget about those vows or when we keep them. You remember Hannah? Uh, Hannah made a vow unto God. She wanted a son so bad. Uh, she said, "Lord, I I I just want this uh, uh, son so bad." And even the priest there thought that she was drunk because when she was praying, but she was wanting that son so bad. And she said, God, if you'll give me a son. And she made a vow right there. You give me that son, and Lord, uh, I'll give him back to you. What did Hannah do? Boy, she kept that vow. God let her have that son. God gave her that son, named him Samuel. And Samuel finished the job that Samson should have done, but Samson never finished the job that God called him to do. And then uh, uh, Samuel finished that job. But Hannah was faithful in keeping that vow. Boy, she, uh, when he got to a certain age, she took Samuel uh, to the temple and left him there at the temple. And she would come back and visit him and make sure he's okay and bring him clothes and things. But see, when we make those vows unto God, God expects us to keep those vows. And what does, uh, happens if you don't keep those vows? Uh, I want us to go back to uh, Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes, it talks about, uh, the preacher talks about their uh, making vows and not keeping those vows. And when we make a vow, it's very important that we keep that vow. Now, how many of us have had somebody to make a vow unto you, and they'll tell you they'll do something, and what do you expect? You expect them to do it. How many of us have made vows unto other people that we didn't keep? Uh, so we have to be very careful with that when somebody makes a vow to us we want them to keep that vow now Jacob had made a vow unto God God said I'll do it I'll take care of you God kept his part but Jacob didn't keep his part and now it was to come in there now in Ecclesiastes turn to Ecclesiastes the fifth chapter in the fifth chapter uh, start in verse two, it says, but not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few for a dream cometh through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. How many of us let our mouth get us in trouble? I think we've all been there. We, we let our mouth get us in trouble a lot of times. James talks about that. Hard to take care of that little thing. We can take a great ship and, and control that ship. We can put the bits in a horse and we can control that horse. Uh, we can uh, control animals and do all these things. But when it comes to this little tongue in our mouth, it gets us in more trouble than anything that we do. Controlling that tongue. And so we make vows sometimes, and we make vows to God. Uh, How many, uh, and I've heard many of soldiers talk about when they was on the battlefield, and and the the bombs was going off, and, and, and the... The shells was hitting and the bullets hitting all around and, and your best buddy that you've been training with for uh, months and, and working with uh, is laying over there dead and and, and you don't know if you're going to make it home and I've heard many a soldiers say that they made a vow right there to God in that foxhole. They made a vow unto God uh, right there in the middle of that battle. God you get me home and I'll serve you and I'll do things for you God. Just get me home. And I've heard so many of them say that they made that vow and then when they got back home they forgot about that but i've heard a lot of them that did stick with what they said Uh, a lot of men uh, great preachers of god great men of god great workers of god that made that vow to god in that foxhole when the bullets was flying around god i'll serve you and when they got back they did serve him We have to be careful. Uh, Maybe it could be a child that's sick and that child's at the point of death. And we make a vow unto God. God, you let that child live. And God, I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you ask. And then when that child uh, gets well and gets over that, if we're not careful, we forget about that vow. Uh, maybe we're without a job and, and we need the money, we need the job and we need the work and we make a vow unto God and God, uh, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask God, just let my child live. Let me get my job, let me get a job, let me pray, be able to provide for my family. And so we have to be careful uh, because we will make those vows and God will honor His and and he will give us that job he will provide us with that job he'll provide us with food Uh, he will heal the sick and do these things but if we're not careful we forget about that vow that we have made unto God now if we go through life and we just have to uh uh uh, I guess take examinations of ourselves a lot of times and let I think uh we pray and we hand out our grocery list to God what we want And and I think when uh, we pray and we pray a prayer, I think we need to spend, say, if we spend 10 minutes in praying and asking God for things, I think it's real good to spend maybe 10, 15, or 20 minutes then listening to God. What's God got to say? And see, we hand out our grocery list and we expect God to deliver But I think there's times that we need to just spend time in silence. Just spend time in silence and let God speak to us then. And God, what's your will for me? God, speak to me. God, show me. He don't speak in an audible voice, but he'll speak to that heart, and you'll know it when he speaks to you. And when we listen to God, Jacob, listen to God he realized here he realized hey I asked God just to get me there furnish me with food and with clothing that I might be able to come back to my family someday God poured blessing upon blessing upon Jacob and Jacob it's time to renew those vows it's time Jacob that you do this He had to start where? In his house. He started right at his house. Had to clean up. Even Rachel, the one that he loved so much, stole an idol god from her father and was bringing it back and carrying her with her. He says, clean up. Get rid of those things. Get rid of those idols in your life. Get rid of those things. Change your garments. Change your bad habits and look to God and when they done that God's blessings was poured out upon them God had already blessed him beyond measure he went with all he had was the clothes on his back he left home and went to a foreign country and that's all he had was the clothes upon his back and he come back with great herds 11 children uh, or more than 11 because of the daughters. I think uh, it only tells us about one daughter there, but uh, how God blessed and, and, and all the handmaidens and the servants that he had. God has blessed him. And you say, well, God's never done that for me. Listen, God blesses us every day. I think God allows us to have what we can handle. We want, oh, if I only had a million dollars, man, boy, uh, it, it would just solve all of my problems. Could we handle a million dollars if God gave it to us today? If God allowed us to have that million dollars, and, and I pray and hope you don't get it in the lottery. <laughs> I hope it comes in another way. Uh, but God blesses us in so many ways every day if we just look around at what God's done for us. You go to one of the third world countries and you say, well, I don't want to hear of that. I live here in America. I think we in America will have to give an account for what we've handled or how we've handled what God has blessed us with. I really do. I think we'll have to give an account for that. But God blesses us every day. And I just want us to think this morning of the vows that each one of us at one time or another have made to God and have we kept our end of the bargain God will always keep his part. Oh, we may not get all the things that we want. Jacob only asked for food and raiment, but see how God blessed him. And see, if we're not careful, we begin to ask God for all the things that we want. And is it it for health of our family or that our family is in church? You could be the poorest person in Cougarville. And your kids are all saved and they're in church man what kind of price can you put on that if you had a million dollars down here in the bank and your children was lost and out in the world what would you give to get them back into church and get them where they need to be and see if we're not careful when that happens we'll make vows unto god and then we forget those vows God's been good to us. God's blessed. God's blessed me with more than I ever dreamed that I would have. And in my messages, you'll probably understand. Uh, uh, I've told you back when I was pastor here before, uh, I dropped out of school. I didn't think I needed that education. And after you hear me preach and the words that I say and sometimes the way that I use, you think, boy, he should have went on to school. Yes, I know that. And I, I know that, and I understand that. And I wish that I had, but I can't go back. But... God will take us, and God will use us. Whatever we have, just give it to God. And, and as we was talking in our Sunday school lesson this morning, and Sister Brenda said, we was talking about uh, going to heaven and a lot of people worrying about leaving things here upon this earth. They're worrying about their money and, and leaving things, and they want to control it, and, and they want to take it with them. And Sister Brenda said, well, what's your on earth that, that we would want to take with us if we're going to heaven? I mean, when we get to heaven, my heavenly Father owns it all. It's all His. And we're joint heirs with Him, so that means that it's ours too. And God has got a blessing that's waiting for us. But we try to hold on to the things of the world. Let's be like Hannah. Hannah was a good example God, you know that I want that man-child more than anything. God, you know that I want my children in church more than anything. God, you know that I want that person that is sick. I think of Joe and Becky so many times, of what Joe and Becky's went through and other people in the church, and what Joe and Becky's going through with the day what they would give for Joel's health. What they would give to see Michael back in church. What would they give? Oh, they, you know, and, and the suffering and the pain. And we can look around. Let me tell you, when you start looking around, and you go walk the halls of the nursing home and visit some people or the hospital, and you'll realize just how blessed you really are So when we make those vows unto God, there'll come a time that he'll call in and say, hey, it's time that you renew those vows. It's time that you pay up. We see how God made a great nation out of Jacob and his family. Was they perfect people? No, they was a long way from perfect There was about 10 of those sons that was probably just about as mean as anybody that you can think of. Done a lot of things that caused Jacob a lot of heartache and a lot of grief. But God was patient with that nation and with those people. He brought them out of bondage. He brought them out of that wicked place that they was in and set them free he furnished everything that they needed not all the things they wanted but everything that they needed and i serve a god today that hey i've never got all the things that i wanted and i'm glad that i didn't because it could have caused me problems great problems but god has supplied my needs everything that i have needed way and above on what i deserve he's a gracious god He's a loving God, but he's a jealous God. And if we're not careful, we get hung up on these little idols and things that, and you say, Well, I have no idols. We've got to be real careful when we say that we have no idols. Because if there's anything, anything that's between you and your God, it's an idol. It's an idol. And I think when David wrote the 23rd Psalms, a lot of people says that that was in David's uh, uh, young shepherd boy days when he was out feeding the sheep. I look at it as David's older years when he's looking back. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in that word, those words, I shall not want, I think that that means that there was nothing nothing between David and God oh David made some mistakes David's sin and you read that 51st Psalms and it talks about uh, restore unto me wash me cleanse me uh, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and he says make me pure let me turn back to that the Psalms 51 I want to read those uh, few verses right there in Psalms 51 this morning In this Psalms, it says in uh, verse 2, it says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. Uh, And and David had committed the sin. He couldn't get rid of it. It was before him every day. And he says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is forever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Uh, that thou mightest be justified when thou speaketh and be clear or clean when thou judgest and then he goes on and down seven and he says purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean wash me and i shall be whiter than snow make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice hide thy face uh, uh, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit in me so that was David uh, confessing those sins that he had committed with Bathsheba and how it had separated him from God and he had lost that fellowship with God and he was miserable and he said basically God broke all the bones in my body he he took me and he shook me and he says create in me a clean heart And that's what we should be saying today, Oh Lord, create in me a clean heart. Because what's in the heart is what? What comes out. What's down in the well, when you drop the bucket in the well and you draw a bucket of water out of it, those of you that have drawn water from a well, when you put that bucket down there and you draw it up, that's what's going to come up. What's in the heart? That's what the tongue going to talk and tell what's in the heart we got to pray for a clean heart and ask God to create a clean heart in us that God do his work in our life and then when we make a vow unto him keep that vow because the preacher in Ecclesiastes says it's better not to make a vow than to make it and to not keep it Maybe this morning, you're here 10, 15, 20 years ago. You made a vow unto God. And God kept his part. And you haven't done what you promised him you'd do. You say, but preacher, that was 15, 20 years ago. It was 30 years on Jacob. 30 years. But God blessed him. Renewed that. And let me tell you, there's a storehouse full of blessings just waiting when we renew those vows and come clean with God. As they come and get us a hymn on invitation this morning, would you please just surrender all? We talked Wednesday night about full commitment unto God. And that's what God wants. He just wants us to commit unto Him and then... Be faithful in that commitment. Hannah, Hannah. She said, God, I want that man-child better than anything, more than anything. God blessed her with that man-child. And I've thought so much about that when she took that young boy. I don't know what age he was, but she took him to the temple and said, God, you bless me with him. Now, most people would have said, boy, God's blessed me with that boy. I want to watch him. I want to keep him here till he's grown and he's had kids. And I've got grandkids. And then, God, you can have him. No. She made a vow. And she kept that vow. God blessed her for it. If you've made a vow unto God and haven't kept it while we stand this morning, just come. Just kneel here on the altar. And you're saying, well, what's people going to think? What's my vow? Don't worry about it. If they're worried about that, they need to be here on the altar themselves. If you've made a vow to God and you haven't kept it, would you come this morning? Or would you come and make that vow and commit your life unto Him? If you're lost this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come and let Him come into your life. Whatever the need is, we'll pray together. And God will bless you this morning.